I am just really excited to be talking to you right now because I know that God has prepared me and my family for this exact moment and message that I get to share with you. So I'm very grateful. Hear that before we get started. Navy is my two-year-old daughter, and you should just be prepared to hear me talk about her often. Sorry, not sorry. That is why I'm going to talk about her often. Um, so sh this child of mine is obsessed with Disney villains. <laughs> as cute as she is, and she's obsessed with all things evil. So anyway, we're constantly talking about who is good and who is bad. So when I put this shirt on for the first time, she looked kind of puzzled at my shirt and said, who is that, Mom? And I said, well, this is Jesus. <laughs> and she said, so matter of fact, right back at me, Jesus is good, Mommy. He is not bad. And you know, she's exactly right, and that is what we're going to be talking about today. No matter how bad life is, Jesus is good. So as we continue our good news tour, we are going to focus on bad news. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Well, actually, I'm not. We are going to camp out in the bad news segment, and maybe you're thinking, what's new, Jer? Our world is inundated with bad news, <laughs> and nobody likes bad news because bad news is devastating, bad news is heartbreaking, and bad news is annoying, bad news is a lot of waiting, bad news can be life-altering. And that's the kind of bad news we're going to talk about. Today. But I will let you know that it's going to be okay. We will find some good in all of this bad. I will say up front that it is my personality type to find good out of bad things. If you have ever heard of the Enneagram before, you probably know what number I am. I am a seven. If you are a seven, let me know in the comments, or if you're in the room with me, give me a little wave. Mom, that should be you. We are sevens. We, that's how we cope through life. We find good out of bad. So I'm really actually thankful for my personality type. Um, maybe this makes me look a little naive, or maybe this qualifies me to actually speak on this subject. Uh, regardless, it is my goal every single day and today to shine light on the good that can be found in the bad. I would love to just pray for us before we get any further. God, you are good, and it seems like we are going through a lot of bad right now. So I just ask that you remind us in this moment, your voice, your spirit reminds us in this moment that you are good. And if we can walk away with that, I'm happy. I love you, Lord. Amen. So if I asked you what bad news are you going through right now, what would you say? Would it be financial stress, professional pressure, anxiety, sickness, marriage problems? What would you say? Our tour today, our story today, takes us to some physical bad news. A man born blind, he's a neighborhood beggar, always asking other people to help him. This really wouldn't be unlikely news for us to hear today, but I feel like the headlines, the rest of this story would make the headlines. So John 9, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 9. We'll get there in a minute. 
We'll read that together. But Jesus comes across a man who was born blind. And the disciples, the the guys, his friends with Jesus, asked him, what happened to this guy? Uh, Who sinned? Why is he blind? Who sinned, him or his parents? And, you know, the disciples lived with this thought that sin caused bad things to happen to people, especially generational sin. And they're not really the only ones. We, too, at times live as if our bad things in our life are because of something bad that we've done. You know, especially in hard times, we say, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> or maybe we don't tie it to our mistakes or to our shortcomings. But sometimes we live like it. Sometimes we are chained to the mistakes of our parents. And we don't live in the freedom that Jesus brings. So it's really not an odd question for the disciples to ask. But Jesus' response to the disciples is everything. I think it's extremely powerful. He says, neither. Neither. This man did not sin. His parents did not sin, neither. It was so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. (laughs) That's what it says? The man was born blind so that God's power might be displayed? What if your bad news is dealt to you so that God's power might be displayed? That is a different way to think about things. What if that divorce happened so that others could see God's grace? What if he received that diagnosis so that others would find hope in Jesus? What if that relationship ended so that God could remind you you are actually indeed enough? That right there is the beautiful mystery of God. The verse says, this man was born blind so that God's work and power might be displayed. God uses the difficulties in our life to bring him glory. Bad news can and does glorify God. How? (laughs) Well, let's look at our blind beggar. A man born with a handicap, yet God heals him. And what does he do? He goes on sharing the news with people. He doesn't wait until he has all of the answers. He doesn't wait until he can clearly articulate what happened. He just says, I was blind, now I see. Do you go on sharing how God is moving in your life? Or do you wait until you have all of the answers? Do you wait until it makes sense on why the diagnosis came back positive? Well, I I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well... My story doesn't necessarily end like the beggars. I'm not healed. (laughs) I didn't get a positive outcome. So how can my bad news glorify God? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) The blind man was able to glorify God before he was healed. Before the healing took place. And you too can do this. Let's, let's read verses 6 through 7 together, if you have your Bibles. John 9, 6 through 7. <laughs> Having said these things, Jesus spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud, and he said to him, Go, wash in the pool. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So this man <laughs> allowed Jesus to spit on the ground 
and make muddy, spitty mud, muddy spit, <laughs> and then rub it on his face, worse, on his eyes. That right there should qualify him to be healed. But he let Jesus put muddy spit on his eyes. And then Jesus said, go be washed. The blind man walked, he obeyed, he went, and he was washed. I believe it was in that obedience to Jesus that that man was healed. Maybe, just maybe, you need to be obedient and be washed in a pool. Maybe you feel like God is pushing you to surrender your life and be baptized. If you feel like I'm talking to you, then comment online or reach out to me and we can make that happen. Be obedient and be baptized if you feel like God is laying that on your heart. When we obey Jesus, it glorifies him. Maybe you're asking, maybe God is asking you, how can you be obedient during this really bad season of your life? How can you be obedient during bad news? Maybe he's asking you to trust him and follow him when you don't have all of the answers and you don't know his exact plan. Maybe he's asking you to do something before healing takes place. And just maybe spiritual healing is more important than physical. You know, a lot of us may never see physical healing on this earth, ever. So we're going to have to allow God to use us despite that and allow growth to take place within us with or without the healing. You know, the reality is you are either experiencing bad news right now. That's me. You're either experiencing it right now. You are about to experience it or you have just got done experiencing it. And here's the reality. I'm not talking about bad news you see every single morning when you turn on GMA. I'm not talking about bad news um, on who will win the next election. I'm talking about that earth-shattering, sick-to-your-stomach, bad news. Maybe I have some friends who can talk about this. Watch a video um, of my husband Rob and I talk a little bit more about this. So in December of this past year, I received a diagnosis of stage four lung cancer, which was pretty, um, pretty shocking. Yeah. Considering I've been pretty healthy my whole life, and uh, yeah, took us took us by surprise. So f what was it? Five days? Well, I guess five seven days before Christmas. We get this news, so we're wondering how in the world are we supposed to celebrate with our family. Literally, that was something that went through my head. We were sitting in this position in the doctor's office, and I thought, how are we supposed to have Christmas? Like, will we even get to Christmas? Will he even get yeah. to Christmas was my thought. So, and then, so yeah, after being told that news, two days later, he started an, an aggressive chemotherapy regimen that put that was five days before Christmas so I'm like yeah. cool we have Christmas Eve service at church he's supposed to play the guitar we have all of these family plans you know this was supposed to be the best Christmas ever because Navy's two and she's gonna be so fun and perfect well actually I'm happy to say that kind of still was the yeah, case. Yeah it still kind of worked out for us um, I, was, I was able to play guitar for the worship team um, we celebrated with our family <laughs> it ended up being a pretty 
pretty awesome Christmas. Yeah, so, you know, chemo and then five days later, being able to worship with our church family, being able to have Navy up on the stage with you. Yeah. You know, I thought to myself, wow, this, this is probably the last Christmas with Rob. So mm -hmm. what a way to spend it, to have her be able to worship and praise and sing to God, you know, right before Christmas. And then we were able to have a pretty normal Christmas, a little more relaxing maybe than they used to be, but it was exactly what we needed. It was, it was helpful during our season um, to hear Navy, a two-year-old, sing the songs. Um, you know, she kept saying, um, even when I don't see it, you're working. She would, oh, she would, she would repeat, um, "You never stop, you never stop working," over and over again. So it was like, "We hear you, God." But also, she chants, "This is how I fight my battles," and she probably doesn't even know what she's saying. <laughs> but to us, we're like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. girlfriend, this is how you fight your battles: singing and praising." And so that has been unreal to hear her say those words at two, not even two and a half years old. Yeah definitely drawn us closer. Um, it's brought us closer together to begin with, and um, I think that our relationship with God has always been pretty strong, but now like actually having to, to lean on Him and, uh, and rely on our faith has been, it's been pretty life-changing. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna raise my hand during worship. I'm going to praise Him. And at times, I thought it was gonna be fake or pretend um, because I have thousands of people watching me every week. But actually, it absolutely was not fake because I firmly believe we are able to sit upright. We're able to smile because His strength within us that has, with, with, you know, has been with us through it all. And we've had family who have been shaken by this and friends who have been shaken by this. And I think we have been the steady yeah. hand for them. Um, to be able to say to our sisters and you know my brother, like, we're okay. And to our parents, I think that we have been the strong ones. Um, and that's only because of him. I, I received good news um, about uh, a couple weeks ago that, that the chemotherapy is actually working which has been um, crazy that we've had six months of just continued bad news and um, the chemotherapy seems to be working and the doctor said that my tumors have reduced by about 87%. So that's something that we were definitely um, praising God for and it was uh, an answered prayer. Yeah, so this little, little pouch was actually given to us um, from a friend. It was filled with goodies for Rob's first day of chemo. And the most touching thing about that is my friend who gave me this was also going through the same exact thing and she took the time to stop and think of us. Um, but we've saved this little pouch and put all of these cards um, from many of you. Um, cards that say you're praying for us, cards that say hang in there, cards that say if you need anything, we've got your back. A lot of you who are watching took care yeah. of us um, in this way, in big ways, in small ways. I can't even, I can't even fathom how I would ever repay or thank our church family for what, I mean, I'm so, so grateful for a church family that has literally held us up during this season. It's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's for you guys. <laughs>
you know, bad news can and will glorify God if we allow it. And, you know, there's another opportunity that can come from bad news. Bad news gives us the chance to put our faith into action. You know, this seemingly bad situation, a man born blind gave that begging man a chance to point people to Jesus. It gave him a platform to speak. So if you have your Bibles, go back to that, and I'm going to read uh, verses 8 through 12. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but it looks like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said, Then how, how are your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes. And he said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? <laughs> and, and our blind man said, I don't know. That's how I read it. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, this is the opportunity that some of us ask for. Maybe our bad news is the perfect position that we need to be in. It's our opportunity for a platform to speak and for people to listen to us. Do you ever sit in the presence of Jesus, and maybe it is just me, but I doubt it, and do you ever say, use me? Jesus, please use me. You know, I had this conversation with a friend that we were sitting in the car a few weeks ago, and we said, you know, we really want these moments in our life where we put all of our head knowledge of God into heart movement. <laughs> we want to see God at, at moving in our lives. We want opportunities to share Jesus, to share about our faith. We want to see God moving and we want God to use all of our bad situations and use them for good. We want to see life transformation happen for us and for others. But usually, maybe it's just me, usually when the time comes for whatever reason, we give in to fear. Stop. Stop giving in to fear. Use the hand that you're dealt, good or bad, and step out in faith, even in your pain, even in your bad news, Follow the prompting that Jesus has laid on your heart. Serve people really well and bring glory to God through your bad news. This is the best witness that we can give people. You know, people aren't really going to come to a relationship with Jesus because we tell them how lovely it is. Because you probably know it's not lovely all the time. But they, they might come to know him because they see that a relationship with Jesus is real and that it's enough. First Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. Friends, live a life in such a way that people ask you, why do you have hope? How can you have hope? Live a life like that. That is the best witness and example we could ever give. Our blind man, he did not give in to fear. He used the platform he had, he used the time he had to share, plain and simply, what God did for him. After the neighbors questioned him, after they drug him to the Pharisees, he still used the platform he had to speak. Back to your Bible, verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now, it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees asked him, how have you received your sight? And he said to them, 
He put mud on my eyes. I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man's not from God, for he did not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who's a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about the man who healed you? Since he opened your eyes, the man said, he's a prophet. The Pharisees said, well, what do you have to say about the man who healed you? And I'm, I'm proud of our blind begging, my blind begging friend. He's not my friend. I'm proud of him. He said what happened. He said what he knew to be true, even though I'm sure it would have been much easier to be like, you know what, you're right, I'm still blind. <laughs> but he didn't. He said, I used to be blind and now I see. So I'm telling you about this miracle that happened in my life. And you know, that looks really bizarre. And I'm going to tell you, good news from bad is going to look bizarre to the outside world. <laughs> and that right there is the opportunity that we want. The opportunity to share our faith that God is actually strong enough to handle this bad news or that bad news. Everything we say about God's power and strength is brought to light in the good that we find from the bad. This is a real life example of God moving in our lives. And that's why I love finding good news out of bad. Because it's not normal and it's not easy but with God, we can overcome any bad news, and we can count it joy. James 1-2 says, when, not if, when you face trials of many kinds, many kinds, not one trial, couple trials, many kinds. You're going to face trials of many kinds. When, not if. You can consider it pure joy to face those trials. Because we know that the testing of our faith produces perseverance. And that will allow us to mature in Christ and not lack anything. Some of you listening may not have a relationship with Jesus right now. So I want you to consider if maybe the bad season you're in, the bad news you were dealt, is your perfect opportunity to give him a chance. I believe if you allow God to take care of you, you'll be drawn closer to him. And maybe you're not convinced just yet. Then can I encourage you to find community, to find really good people who care about you, really good people who will be there for you? Don't face these times alone. It was so important for Rob and I to cling to those who that we're close to, our family and our friends, all of the time we spent sitting at a hospital, we were never alone. All of the days we wanted to just give up, people were there for us. I'm so glad that we chose other people. We chose to invite them into our lives. So please find people who can care for you during your bad seasons. It seems a little odd what I'm about to say, but I'm thankful for hardships. I'm finding that to be more and more true. I look back on all the bad things in my life and they have been pivotal to my spiritual growth. Family divorce, deaths, cancer. I'm thankful for those moments. If you are a parent with us, let me know, comment online, or give me a little wave right now if you're a parent. 
I want to encourage you to check out the parent podcast that our youth ministry pastors put on for Whitewater. In that podcast last week, I shared my gratitude for God despite the season I'm in. Do I like hard days and disease and sickness that has been beating my family up for the past six months? No. (laughs) Do I like to be reminded of God's protection and goodness? Yes. Do I love the opportunity to rely on him, on his strength, not mine? Yes. (laughs) That is what I mean. These bad times allow us those opportunities. And maybe you can look back at a time when it was really, really hard in your life. And you're a stronger parent because of it. Or you have more grace for struggling addicts. Or you cherish people around you more than ever. That's what I'm talking about. It was the end of May, Rob mentioned it, but it was in the end of May when we were scheduled to hear results from Rob's last body scan. And you know, I had, a, I had a good feeling. Um, I knew what the doctor was gonna say. I still was floored when the doctor spoke. He said, quote, because I wrote it down, because it was that good. <laughs> we knew the scan was gonna be good, we just did not know it was gonna be this good. Rob was healed. You know, not completely and not indefinitely, but there was healing taking place in his body. The emotion I felt in that moment, literally felt, was like I, I fell into the arms of Jesus. I did not have to carry, literally, the weight of Rob on my shoulders. I could let God handle that. Maybe I went wrong somewhere and should have let God hold me the whole time. But I'm, I'm thankful for that moment to be reminded that he was with me. I was in the car with my mother-in-law because of COVID-19. We cannot be with Rob in a hospital, so we sit in the car. In that moment with her, it was like God said, Jer, I have you. I have had you. The past six months of my life has, has most definitely brought me closer to God. All of the suffering I have endured and all of the suffering I am enduring and all of the suffering I will endure is refining my faith. And all of the suffering you're enduring can refine your faith. Dangerous Prayers is a book by Craig Rochelle. It's been really encouraging to me. Check out what he says. Could there be something on the other side of suffering that somehow makes it worthwhile? Could breaking be as necessary to our growth as it is to a baby bird cracking away the shell around it, or as a butterfly coming out of the cocoon? Could being broken release us for far more than we could ever imagine? Putting our faith into action, actually having to rely on Jesus during difficult times will absolutely bring us closer to him. Bad news can and will bring us closer to God if we allow it. Have any of you experienced this? Of course, bad times can pull us away too. It's just all about which direction we choose. If you were with us during the worship set, if you were with us during the beginning of our time together, we sang a song that says, I choose to praise, to glorify, 
the name of all names that nothing can stand against. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy. Yes, I will. Choosing to run to him during difficult times, choosing to worship him in our valleys will bring us closer to him. Our blind man ran towards Jesus after being tossed out. The Pharisees were in disbelief. The man's parents weren't much help. <laughs> Despite all of that, I love the final encounter that our man has with Jesus. He calls Jesus Lord and he worships him. The man's bad news brought him closer to Jesus. He chose to worship Jesus. And maybe you're thinking, duh, he was healed. I would worship too. I hear you. I hear me when I ask that question. But I don't think it's smooth sailing for our man who was healed. Literally, it says, right after his healing, he's tossed out into the street. And sometimes, not everyone is going to be thrilled with the provision in your life. We expect everyone to celebrate with us, and that's not always the case. And, and hear this, provision in your life does not mean you will live problem-free. I'm not saying when you follow Jesus, I am not saying that it is a fairy tale, a Disney movie, maybe. It could quite possibly be the opposite. But God's provisions in our life should always point us to praise him. It's time for you to choose to worship him. Healing or not, good news or bad news, winning or losing, it is time for you to worship Jesus through the bad news. Are you all ready for some good news? <laughs> Listen to this. John 10.10 10 says, I, that's Jesus, came so they, that's us, could have real and eternal life, more and better life than they could have ever dreamed of. That is why Jesus came. <laughs> That should give you, I mean, that should make you smile. Jesus came so we could have a full life. And I believe that means good moments and not so good moments. You know the God of the mountain that we sing about sometimes, that, that mountain moment God, the God that's with you when you get a promotion or when you have a precious new baby or when... It's like the most beautiful day ever on the beach. You know that, God? Well, that's actually the same God who was with you in the valley. When you lose that job, when you don't get a positive diagnosis or result, or when that child dies, that's the same God. So choose to cling to that God. When you seek him, good news will come from your bad. He will turn a yucky, scary, dead grave into a beautiful garden filled with life. I would love to end our time together with a story about a blind man who was healed. But from this Bible, it looks a little different than mine. 
I told y'all I was going to talk about Navy often and I was not sorry for it. But this is her Bible. Hopefully she's not looking for it right now. But this is her Bible. And each night we read this together, of course, after we have read every Fancy Nancy or Frozen book. But we do get to this. And this is my favorite because it's like the entire Bible in like three minutes. So she gets it all. But in this book, we find this story. And I kid you not, she ha- I kid you not, she had an obsession with this story before I was told I got to speak on this message. So you know, when I was told, hey, Jerry, you're going to speak on the blind man who was healed after he got mud put on his eyes, I was like, maybe. (laughs) But here's what it says. A man who was blind came to Jesus. First of all, I love that. I love that Jesus made himself available. A man was blind, came to Jesus, and Jesus touched his eyes with mud. Of course, Navy's like, ew, what, what is on his face? I won't tell you what she thought it was, but she asked, why, why is Jesus putting that on his face? And I said, well, let's keep reading. Now the man can see. <laughs> and of course, she's like, what? We put mud on our eyes, he couldn't see, now he can see? That was, you know, interesting. But the blind man was healed because of his faith in God and Jesus. It's pretty simple, folks. Sometimes I read these stories to her like they're make-believe, and then I'm like smacked across the face when she asks questions or when she understands the truth. (laughs) But this time, reading that story, I don't know if it was before Rob was healed a little bit or after, but it was like we read that story, we talked about it, and it was like God grabbing my face saying, listen to me, I heal, I take really bad things and I make them good, and I will give you joy that does not waver when bad things come. Do you guys see the significance and the power in that? Our God is with us during the most difficult seasons of our life, yet he can still give us joy. Maybe I'm the only one going through really yucky stuff, but you guys, he can give us joy in those difficult seasons because he is good news. He doesn't just bring us good news, he is the good news. He is the good news in our bad. So something I've had to do over and over again is repeat truths. Like anything I know to be true, I just repeat it. And especially the past six months of my life, I have had to repeat this over and over and over again. I write it down, I sing it, I post it. If you follow me on social media, you're probably sick of me posting stuff about joy. (laughs) But... That's what I have to do. I have to remind myself so it's in the forefront of my mind. Truth about Jesus. So in the past six months, I have been repeating, the battle belongs to you, Lord. The battle belongs to you, Lord. That battle did, this battle will, any battle I'm about to go through belongs to you, Lord. The battle belongs to you, Lord. So bad season or not, would you in the room stand with me Those of you online, would you sing along with me, the battle belongs to you, Lord. 